Season's greetings. More like season's compliments because compliments are guaranteed after making the leap to skincare with Caldera Lab. And I'm talking about how you look today and 20 years from now. The results are incredible in little time. Min Skincare and Caldera Lab are the perfect pair for you to look and feel your best. Super easy to add to your morning and nightly routine. Clear skin, less wrinkles and signs of aging. Enough said. Calera Lab Skincare, join the 100,000 men who trust Calera Lab to show your best first impression this autumn. Get 20% off with the promo code SEVEREMMA over at CalderaLab.com. I've been using Calera Lab now for a good while, and you know me and Graham, we're staying up late. We're watching flights, and we need it at night, and we need it in the morning, and it really does help out. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen is exactly what you need to start that all off. It leads to our product line. It's a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female-driven, and it's been the Wild West for men for a long time. That's why they're here, just to make everything simple. So the regimen includes three products, the clean slate, base layer, and the good. Very easy. Clean set starts your day. It's a face wash, leaves all skin types refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And in the good is your go to before you go to bed. It's a multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of the serum is packed by tr- packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. And the Calera Lab Icon Serum as well, that's absolutely brilliant. It, it addresses the three most common skin concerns around the eye, fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness, which I know every MMA fan needs. Calera Lab is a leader in men's skincare, made only with the top-tier ingredients, Clinical trials uh, have found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger appearance after using Calera Lab for a few weeks. Proven. One minute morning and night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines and sides of aging. So this is a deal just for our audience. Exclusive deal. You're not beating this offer. Use the promo code SEVEREMMA at CalderaLab.com. And get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with the promo code SEVEREMA at CalderaLab.com to make unforgettable first impressions with the best gift this holiday season. 20% off at CalderaLab.com with the code SEVEREMMA. This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the MMA Trivia Championship. It's the world's first MMA trivia card set. 500 of the hardest questions from the world's toughest sport, featuring questions from across the MMA world, including UFC, Pride FC, Bellator, PFL, WC, and Strike Force. Do you have what it takes to become an MMA trivia champion? Dive into 500 of the most formidable MMA questions ready to push you and your friends to the limit. Perfect for the MMA fanatic in your life this Christmas. Prove who amongst you is the real MMA trivia goat. Order online now at MMATriviaChampionship.com and receive a Christmas discount. That's MMATriviaChampionship.com. Hardcore or casual, it's time to throw down. If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA Podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, Patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. 
Sam McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of SevereMMA.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. 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 The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's episode 446 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the WBAs of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a extremely, or is it an extremely, an extremely busy weekend, week, two weeks, in the world of mixed martial arts, especially in Ireland. Uh, I am not long home from Dublin. Uh, after watching PFL, we have a massive UFC pay-per-view next week featuring uh, Ireland's top fighter at the moment, I suppose you would say. And uh, there's, uh, there's a few other Irish lads fighting as well next week, which we will talk about, Graham. Graham, it was nice to see you at the weekend. How, how are things? How are, you, how are you feeling after? It, it, do you know what? It was a quite enough old night out, wasn't it? In, in, well, not night out, but like uh, evening out, I suppose, at the fights. It was, uh, it was good. It was enjoyable. How, how did you find it? Yeah, uh, it was good to see you as well. Good to see, you know, the same old heads and a few new new people and all that. And it's good for the PFL to be here. I had a good time, but it didn't have that, you know, huge kind of uh, huge event feeling that maybe I thought w- when PFL or that many people thought when PFL announced that they'd come, they'd come with, they thought they'd come with something bigger. Maybe, you know, uh, they'll, they'll use this to build on and, you know, uh, put on kind of, bigger shows with maybe more more variety of Irish gyms and maybe something uh, outside of the European or outside of the Irish scene at the top of the card as well just to mix it up a little bit you know uh, things like that but overall I enjoyed it but it didn't it didn't have that big fight night feel I didn't think it was a bit odd compared to usual because so what what are we used to here we're used to the Bellator fights with uh, a lot of the Irish crew, but then over the last while we've been used to having, you know, Vincent Henderson on the card or Yoel Romero on the card or, you know, we've had a couple of title fights on the card, right? So we're used to that. Then we're also used to cage warriors where we know what it's going to be. It's going to be all up-and-coming fighters who are, like, on their way to the UFC or maybe fighting for the cage warriors title. So, like, there, there's two distinctly different fights there, uh, fight nights there that we've had. It felt like there was something in the middle here because there were... Like there was four people fighting for belts in the say the let's say the cage warriors level, the kind of European level, um, and in the card was kind of just a bit weirdly put together. The were used as well, obviously with Nathan Kelly at the top, but with uh, you know uh, Nathan Great an amateur fight opening it up, and it wasn't necessarily bad. I don't think I, I think it was different. I've heard about three people say after it that PFL could have something here because. The one difference between all of the recent events and this one, I think, was the crowd. I think the crowd was superb. Like, there was 5,000 people there, right? Which is obviously not the, the full thing. If you want the full thing, it's like, what, a nine and a half, maybe 10,000 at a stretch, depending on where the, the cage moves and everything like that. But they had the top bit card enough. But the crowd that they had in there was absolutely packed in there. You know, there was like almost no free seats anyway, especially like in the, the, the middle three quarters of it. It was absolutely packed in. And it felt like, like 
the people really enjoyed the the night and I know I even talking to my father at home watching goes like geez that was the best night of fights I ever saw and it was a bit weird for us because like we're sitting there in press row and the Irish people are losing and we we're like oh Jesus we won't have this interview to do that interview to do and things like that with the with the Irish lads and it's a bit you know and even for the Irish fighters I think it's a bit tough as well because like their teammates are losing and things like that but uh, from people even online maybe in America and, and a few people I know that came over from the UK and things they were all saying it was a it was a very very good event but yeah I like I think you know it might be you know people who bought tickets early and paid like 80 quid might feel a bit aggrieved with the amount of free tickets going around That's and true, the amount yeah. of uh, 10 euro and 5 euro tickets going around at the end so if you got in there for 10 or 5 euro or free you're probably having the time of your life if you paid 80 you might be a bit bitter of or I supported you early before the card was announced, bought the tickets, and then all of a sudden you're just handing out freebies or selling them for yeah, five or It's a, a catch-22 so. situation, though, because, like, they wouldn't have had that crowd packed in there the way they did if they didn't sell the, the five-euro or ten-euro tickets. And uh, I think if you're cage warriors, if you're, uh, well, obviously Bellator, RPFL, no, but, you know, cage warriors probably the only one, sell the fucking 10 euro tickets do it because if you had a crowd packed in there like that now cage had a good card as well so I'm not literally not criticising cage or anything but the way they had it packed in I think was was very very good but I like I, I don't know I think the complaints just seem to be like complaints from when Bellator used to come years ago and it's like oh we'll just start complaining the same way again like there was a load of spread of gyms on, on that card last night I don't know why, why why do people keep saying that like it's just it's just very odd, and they tried to sign other lads as well from other gyms, and it just it just didn't end uh, up. Yeah, happening. well, I think people are saying you know all of these are either SBG or SBG adjacent, which is like it's better than just SBG like it was in Bellator. But I think people would like to see you know Team Rhino, Phantom, just like you know everybody given a chance. But it is their first show in Ireland. It's it's hard to say oh they like you know this is a building block. This is their kind of dipping their toe in the water and. Maybe they were expecting to be able to sell out with this card and not be have to reduce the tickets or give some give some tickets away or whatever. And then in the future, in the next show, they'll you know they'll want to sell four or five thousand tickets at sixty or eighty quid a pop, and they'll have to bring a bigger card with more variety. Like we saw KSW when they had you know all sorts of like the Phantom Gyms, the Polish community were there. There was you know Brazilian fighters fighting in Ireland, Irish fighters uh, fighting out of gyms in Ireland, and the crowd was was huge. And uh, that that happened well, on so. that happened on Friday though as well. Did you not notice that? Like it, there was fucking like Slovenian flags popping up, and you know there was. I thought there was a load of especially diversity in the crowd because I think a lot of it as well was a lot of the people were fighting for a hundred grand and this was like a title fight so there was actually people like coming in from their countries and there was a lot of UK people as well that came over for Simeon Powell and the Cheva and stuff I actually thought for the first time in years I thought the crowd was very different to what it normally would be like normally it's just let's be honest a lot of dubs and then a few people you know travelling up from around the country but uh, I thought this was very different I don't don't know I think, think people like want to be negative on this card for some reason and I really really don't understand it but anyway <laughs> I, I don't know that that'll continue to happen some people you know hate is gonna hate but like i, I don't think there's I, I don't even think it's that. i think people were more kind of like you know expecting like, okay, uh, like, who, 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 who should know? be on this card from team kf or team rhino or whoever I'm, I'm like, who isn't signed for cage wires or it doesn't want to go to the ufc yeah well or that's all the that. thing like, i was saying last week on the podcast as well there might be a problem where they are they reach out and guys aren't sure about going with PFL if they have to go into multi-fight deals and it might affect, you know, their plan to go to the UFC or whatever they were doing. But uh, I'm not sure if gyms were, were reached out to or whatever, but I think a lot of it is, is like I said earlier, spilling over from, you know, frustrations over the years at, at the Bellator kind of situation. 
um, uh, for for other gyms in 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 Ireland. So I think maybe you know it's better to give PFL the time to kind of show what they're going to do before kind of you know jumping on that particular bit. But you know, time will tell. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I think there look, there was definitely parts of the Bellator thing before. Like Redzer was criminally underused for a long time, like putting in putting in weird spots and all. But like. I don't think there's any kind of couple of fighters obvious at the moment who are like, oh, they should be there, they should be at top of the car, top of the spot, or anything like that. Because a lot of them, like Cage, or Cagers have done a great job. We've heard Graham Biden talking about like snapping up a lot of those fighters, and a lot of those fighters are happy to go to Cagers so they can go to the UFC. So, like, you know, we, we know what the situation with Bellator has been over the last while, that it's been full of SPG fighters. Now that Bellator is going away, like, what are them SPG fighters going to do? They're like, say, say the likes of even it easy last night he didn't end up fighting but the, you know the likes of him um, that that was signed like they, the PFL are going to pick up those sorts of fighters you would think so like I, I don't know I just I just find it all a bit anyway I don't know why you even started with that uh, bullshit anyway but um, I it was a it was just sitting there watching cage side I, I just found it all a bit like Bellator has gone away like, okay, that was the last ever Bellator card. And it felt like we were sitting at another Bellator card again. I was like, it's in the same seats. It's, uh, you know, the same media area. There's a lot, you know, a few of the same fighters that had been on the, the Bellator card. And um, the card the card as well, it went very... It, it took ages to start because obviously this Skatizi fight uh, didn't end up happening. But then they just ran through fight after fight after fight and there was loads of finishes uh, and everything like that. So I, I imagine in the crowd it turned into an absolutely uh, fantastic night altogether. But um, I, I, I'm... I'm I think the kind of what you were saying there, there's a few improvements for next time and maybe, the, you know, they could do one or two things. I, I think definitely that. Uh, I think this was kind of a, a good start and we can go on further. But we'll let, let's talk about uh, maybe some of the fights and we'll pop back to maybe some of the issues and some of the, the things on, on the card itself. Let's start, let's start with Nate the Great. What did you think, Graham? I thought it was good. Like, people were giving out about, oh, an amateur fight shouldn't be on this. And I don't necessarily disagree with the amateur fight shouldn't be on this, but saying, you know, uh, Nate didn't deserve his place or anything. I thought he showed a pretty high level for an amateur fight, and he was he looked good on the feet. And obviously, when the fight went to the ground as well, he looked very, very good there. Uh, I thought it was a good performance from him. And, you know, from a guy as well who says he wants another year as an amateur, it was a pretty good performance. What did you think? Yeah, you know, it's it's not his fault that, you know, if they if if any big promotion come and say, we want you on this big event in your hometown as an amateur, you're, you're going to say, yeah, you know. <laughs> and uh, if people criticizing him is kind of mis- misguided, in my opinion. If you want to criticize anybody, you got to criticize the people putting the fights together. But, like, even, even then, it seems like a bit, you know, uh, just a bit of excitement at the start of the card for people who maybe have seen Nate in the past when he was a kid and know him and it, it, for them it's a bit of it, it's 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 an interesting fight to us maybe it's a bit gimmicky but you know he went in there and showed that he's well-rounded and I think like you know it was a bit of a showcase fight I think the opponent didn't offer much he kind of shelled up once he once he got hit a few times he, he you know it seemed to be only going one way but I think it was a good performance from Nate I, I, I think um you know, this might kind of put him in the spotlight. Um, and I saw in the post-fight interview that, like, maybe he was kind of uh, clapping back at the, the the criticism. You know, I just stay away. If I was him, I just stay away from all that stuff. Let people talk. I know he's young and all, but uh, you know, just keep your head down. And as he said, you know, a couple more fights or a few more fights at amateur, and not to rush things and not to put too much pressure on yourself. Um, uh, at at, at 
too uh, early a stage but at the same time you know that's a great experience he can take with him now like the the crowd the big fight field the big event getting ready with all his teammates in in the gym and all that stuff so yeah all in all i think it was like absolutely great experience for him and like you know um he he went in there and dominated got a good win and yeah, it's like I know it's an amateur fight. It's kind of unorthodox. We've seen it before with Bama, with, with actually Dave Fogarty at the time when he was working for Severe was uh, was uh, fighting as an amateur uh, to open up a card. So it's not completely unheard of. But yeah, I think mm, I think you know we're not going to see much more of it. And if we do, it's going to be like Nate Kelly specific. Yeah, I think I think Bama put on a good few amateur fights, didn't they? If I'm if my mind brings me back, but it was a different oh, maybe, situation maybe. back then. Maybe, I mean, maybe, I don't know, I'll have to think back on that, but um, yeah, like PFL have done this. I think this is the third time doing this. Now, in recent memory anyway, maybe before when there was World Series of Fighting, maybe they did a little bit more or something, but um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I think showcase fights, the you know, the, we know what they already sold a good few tickets early in the night. There was a good few people in that maybe wouldn't have been in as the same himself in the post fight. I've no problem with it. and especially like when he shows he's on a pretty good level as an amateur, he was I, I've no problem with it. And you know, fair play to him, you know, shutting up the naysayers like I I don't know. Was, I, I have his real bad form as well. He's what is he, nineteen years of age? Just like even if you do think that, right? Just like Shut up, like he did. Ah, well, if it's your know, opinion, just go for it. Like, but, nah, like, I don't 19 know, I year old kid's gone out there in the tree arena fighting. Like, he's not, he's, it's like, it's not like he hasn't earned uh, the ability to have an amateur fight either. This young lad has been trained since he was five years of age and he's won tournaments in kickboxing and all, all you know, in jujitsu and all that sort of stuff as well. He's not like some fucking comedian. Like, I, I don't know, you know, yeah, but if it's not your thing, you know, yeah, you say it's not your thing and you don't need to watch. The, you don't need to watch the fight like you know what I mean it's, nobody's forcing you but like, what, what's not your thing like an amateur fight like, I, I don't know yeah anyway, if you're thinking oh like, oh, uh, like I'm going to give that fight a miss it's, at the, it's the first fight of the night you can just give it a miss easily you know if it's not your thing just you know have a point before and come in after like it's not that big of a deal to me yeah fair play to anyway for shutting up them fucking idiots and uh, he looked uh, he looked good and I, I, I was very um, I was very heartened by what he said afterwards, like that he's not rushing to pro or anything. And you could easily do it after a night like that, you know. And as I mentioned earlier, he wants another year, another five fights and things. And that you could, you know, maybe that could even stretch out another bit, possibly. But that's uh, good thinking by him. And uh, it was uh, it was great to see all Nate the Great there. And a good way to start off the card as well, because I think Andy yeah, he, was, only made, like, he only made his amateur debut, like what? eight months ago so yeah. you know he's been pretty active and we, we see at the start of careers you need these fights to develop you need these experiences to feel these nerves to go through these fight camps and all that like it's one thing training as a kid like and it's great for your future but it's a completely different thing when you have to you know go in there in front of a lot of people and there's, there's a lot of eyeballs on you so I think he handled all of that really well he did in fairness 100% and, and as I said Andy was pointing out there wasn't many Irish people on the first you know five or six fights of the night so it was good to start it off maybe with someone Irish and then we were kind of waiting for the, all the Irish fighters to come out so uh, the next couple of fights I suppose the, the biggest thing to come out of was Dominic Wooding losing and uh yeah, it was. I suppose the old Dominic Winning failings of 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 years of over uh, yeah. just kept getting even taken though, down. Yeah, I think even it was a little bit worse. It was, than yeah. the years. It was like the first takedown was was just so easy. He didn't even like, spread his legs. He kind of penciled up and got taken down, and that gave Bondo a lot of encouragement and took a lot of pop out of Wooding and made him kind of you know reluctant uh, on the feet. Then going forward, yeah, I think yeah, it was a really bad day at the office for Wooding and. 
a fight I expected him to win and he never really got going. And, you know, Bondo just, you know, brilliant game plan, brilliant execution, got the job done, take nothing away from him. But I think yeah, Dominic Wooding, like yeah, your takedown defense has got to be better than that in the first round. 100%. Yeah, it was... It was it's on those ones the two of us were watching we're like just Jesus circle throw hook or and and every time it's like either a, like a kick to the body or a kick low or back and straight up it's like that's just not going to get it done there and when it kept happening yeah it was great performance by Bondon he deserved it but yeah poor poor from Wooding uh, Connor Hughes had got a good win before that uh, he forced his opponent to retire after the second round it was good from him Tom Breeze and, and Brett Johnson I suppose the two you know showcase is an odd word here because they're like some of them were global qualifiers and all this I don't know exactly which was which but uh, they both looked good you know the the Brett Johns fight like Brett Johns is Throwing out a lot of criticism over the last while, saying, oh, I haven't gotten spots and I deserve it and all. Like, some of the fights, you know, a couple of the Irish fights haven't been exactly the most riveting fights in the world. But this one was a little bit better. And his opponent, is, you know, David Crowell, is a, is a pretty good fighter. And he, you know, got on top at one stage even. And, and you know, he put on a good fight. But, you know, good performance from Brett Johns. And he'll move on, I'm sure. And Tom Breeze looked absolutely fantastic, you know, 205 pounds. It, fe- it feels like 205 pounds is a good weight for Tom Breeze. He's always been a big, hefty motherfucker, like, and uh, I-, I wonder, will that help him, you know, no weight cut and everything like that? Will that help him even be more, you know, a better fighter? And I'm interested, because he is going into the 205 tournament next year. Like, Tom Breeze has the talent to beat any of those guys that they have at 205 pounds. Um, it's just the mental side of it and putting it all together, but I'm excited, really excited honestly to see Tom Breeze in the big tournament next year were you as impressed by me like I, I, yeah. the yeah. Lad, when he fought uh, 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 Carl Binder in Dublin a few years ago I was wholly impressed by him and again I'm wholly impressed by him about 7 or 8 years later it was good wasn't it? yeah I don't think there's any doubt really about how, how skilled Tom Breeze is I think it's over the years it's been more of a, a mental thing and things like that and other things outside of actual you know uh the, the the fighting technique and the fighting ability and you know uh we saw him as you mentioned against Carl Pender put on an absolute clinic you know back then uh and he's he's had a really up and down career since then but yeah maybe a fresh kind of lease of life at a new division in a new promotion and maybe uh you know uh a few decent uh matchups to kind of sharpen him up and kind of get him back in the flow and you know he's a uh, on form he's he's an absolute nightmare for for anybody in the division you know he's he's so well rounded he's so sharp and he he's very calculated and he has a high fight IQ and and all of that so like it, it's it's just about him putting it together and you know maybe a string of as i said a string of favorable or you know build up match matchups and then get him in get him in a tournament that that might be very interesting you know uh I'm trying to think, you know, uh, who who they might put in that tournament, but you, you know, anybody that comes to mind, Tom Breeze, I'd like Tom Breeze on form. I'd probably pick him over ninety percent. So uh, yeah, it's great to see Tom Breeze back. Great to see him back in the wing column. Um, with Brett Johns, you know, uh, I'm kind of more on his side than maybe you seem to to be uh, there. Like you know, obviously he had a run in the UFC a few years ago and. Uh, got cut off of two wins after he'd, he'd lost back-to-back to Aljamain Sterling and Pedro Munoz by decision, you know, they're, they're very tough fights and uh, he went to Bellator and, and lost to Dabby, uh, Danny Sabatello but since then, you know, he's, he beat Kakarov, Winsky and now Kroll so he was meant to fight James Gallagher in between there, it fell apart, he's calling for that again, James seems to be calling for it again. Oh, thanks. It seems, 
it seems to be the big fight that Brett John wants. You know, uh, if if James Gallagher wants it and PFL want to put it on, uh, I could see it happening. But uh, you know, I'd like to see James Gallagher maybe get a, another fight or two before that happens. But I, I I do I do see where Brett John's is coming from. You know, he's maybe as, as you said, some of the performances weren't weren't the best. But you know, he put away uh, Kakarov with ground and pound in the third round. He put away this opponent. He he had a decision against Winsky in the middle. Like these are good wins like you know and uh his record is is pretty good you know it's 20 and and 3 is a is a pretty damn good record but um for some reason I, just people outside of wales just don't seem to be getting behind him I, I don't really know what it is maybe it's the the smaller guy and a lot of wrestling going on and things like that but um yeah, I do see where he's coming from on the frustration and wanting to be put in kind of bigger spots than than he was put in, in on this card. Yeah, I I think there's a few things like he, I think Brett Jans is just not the type of character, and he doesn't have the type of fighting style that's like going to make him a star or make promotions want to put him on the top of cards what he's going to have to do is just go out there and beat the shit out of people over and over and over again and do it like five times in a year type of thing and I know he's been doing it he's said 23 is a very good record and he's a very good fighter I'm actually not criticising him in any way at all but like the problem is right you we, and we've been talking about this it feels like for about three years but you put Brett Johns in there with James Gallagher like what's going to happen in that fight like Brett Johns is probably going to take him down James is probably going to threaten with a submission you know probably not submit him and maybe lose a three-round decision. And what, like, what does that really achieve then? Like, you move Brett Johns on a small bit, he's probably back on a, a prelim in the next fight, and James Gallagher has, after taking another loss, like, you know? And then maybe James will go in and beat him, it'd be a great win, but, like, that's... Like, Brett Johns is a very good fighter, a very high-level fighter, but you're risking, like, one of your stars against him, and he's... You know, unless he goes on this unbelievable run, he's not going to be that big star for you. And especially now, like as we're kind of in between promotions, what's what's going to happen? I don't know. So it's it's and that's very harsh on Brett Johns, but it's just a fucking fact in the matter. I think over the last years, like I think Brett Johns against James Gallagher is like the worst fight uh, a promotion could put on right now. Like. James needs to build it back up a bit. He shouldn't be fighting someone like Brett Johns right now. Like, let's say if Brett Johns had a title, or if it was a title eliminator or something like that. Now James shouldn't be in that spot right now. But if you get what you get, what I mean, it'd be a a, a fight worth taking, a risk worth taking. But it's not a risk worth taking now. Like, it doesn't do much for either of them. Um, and I don't think it'd necessarily be a great fight either. So I don't think, I don't think it makes much sense. And that's tough. Like what Brett Johns really needs is a real tough fucking fight. Like he needs a Danny Sabatella rematch, or he needs a fucking Raffian Stotts or something like that. Or he's up at one forty-five now. Who, you know, maybe you know if it's even Patricky is at uh, one forty-five or someone like that. That's the sort of fight he needs. Uh, I think short notice, maybe or something like that. Shock the world, not even shock the world, but go in there and fucking you know get a gangster type a win and turn the things around I think that's what he needs he needs he needs something he needs something special because yeah. well it's good it's good that he's kind of you know he, he gets a finish win he looks dominant and he comes out and makes a bit of noise you know if he continued to kind of do that you know put himself kind of in the in the mind of the matchmakers a bit more like if you if you just kind of go out there and win decisions and stay quiet you know your your chances of kind of forcing yourself into that that equation are, are smaller so yeah you stay busy keep trying to, you know, dominate or get finishes and keep making noise is kind of the only thing you can really do. Mm, yeah, I, I, I would say less of the making noise. 
outside of the cage and more making nice inside of the cage. And he has been doing that, but I think... But well, he probably the, feels like he's been doing that, doing that, and it hasn't yeah. worked, you know, by the frustration. No, it hasn't. But it's not going to... I don't think it's going to work outside the cage either. I just don't think he's that sort of character, you know. But, like, he's the sort of character that could go in there and beat the shit out of six lads in a year. You know, because he, he is very good. There's no doubt about that. I've no uh, doubt about Brett John's ability. He's fantastic. But yeah, well, we, we've talked about Brett John's a lot of the time now over the last few years. And it's one of those ones that either happen or, or it won't happen. But we, we'll see on that. Uh, one guy it definitely happened for on Friday was Wesley Maya, who came in a short notice and decimated Lewis McGrill and Evans over a round and a half. And then he got very tired. Uh, and then uh, McGrill and Evans came back into it, won the last round. But it wasn't enough, and Wesley Maya deservedly won that fight. Uh, I think he's a much better fighter than McGregor and Evans. And uh, I, I was—I hadn't seen a whole lot of McGregor and Evans coming in. There was a lot of hype, obviously, and everything behind it. But I had seen a lot of Wesley Maya, obviously, covering the cage warriors cards. And I was like thinking, this guy's a big underdog and stuff coming in here. I know it's on short notice, and I'm like, how how is this happening? And uh, I think that showed. It was. It was it was an easy enough night at the uh, for for a round and a half or yeah, yeah I was gonna say it was it was easy enough easy enough night until he started getting tired and then you were like oh this this could be this could be bad but you know obviously he he got the second round in, in the in the bank and then the third round he just had to kind of play it safe and he did and you know I think if he had a full camp it probably would have been more what we saw for the the first round and half of the second round um yeah a re- really good win against a highly touted prospect and. You know, for for um, McGrill and Evans, it's maybe just a little bit too early. You know, he, it was only last year he was fighting guys zero and zero and five and seventeen, and you know, it's still stuff to go back and work on in the gym and come back better than that, and you know, see, uh, see how he can kind of round out his game. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, and I'm not saying, as you said earlier, he can do all that. I'm not saying he's a bad fighter or anything like that, but. Uh, Wesley Meyer is not a bad fighter either, either, and he has much more experience at a at a better level, and uh, yeah, a deserved winner here. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if he's going to stay with PFL or maybe go back to cage wars or, or whatnot. But um, yeah, I, always a fan of Wesley Meyer fights, uh, and in the title fight started, um, and it was a big shock in the first. Although not that big of a shock, it was it was close enough on the betting. Um, Jacob Nadeau, whose name I was pronouncing incorrectly for the last six months, uh, beat Simeon Powell, uh, whose name I also think I pronounced incorrectly for the last six months. Is it Simeon? Simeon? Simeon Powell. Um, it was a very interesting... I, I knew it would be a close enough fight. I thought Powell would be able to come through it, but... He came through the bits I thought that'd be difficult for him, where Jacko put him up against the cage, pulled him down, got on top of him. Paul got back up. He did a good job. He was landing some shots. They were both landing some shots, I suppose, in the first round. But I always kind of had the feeling that, okay, Paul's going to land one. Uh, but it was Jacko who landed one in the second round, and he landed some big shots on him. Paul was in, in a bad way, knocked him down. Uh, finish him the, the referee kind of came in and gave Paul another bit of a chance and Jacob came down landed a few ground and bound and finished him there and it was a very very was good there, one was there an el- I should have watched it back but was there an elbow kind of yeah, dropped I need to it? watch it back as well. I'll, I'll go and watch it there and I'll see if I can find a clip but uh, you t- talk us through what, what did you think of the fight overall yeah you know I thought it was a pretty high level fight I thought you know both guys kind of were, were fighting well and it, it looked like you know, Powell was, as you said, was able to, you know, cover or mitigate the the damage on the ground and get back to his feet without too much of a of a problem. But 
uh, on the feet, he, he he did look comfortable. But then, you know, at 205, if you get hit with a big shot like that, it can change everything. And, uh, you know, uh, Jacob got, you know, put him away nicely with the, with the ground and pound. I, I had just thought, it's a weird one because you're so used to elbows it doesn't really look like an elbow it's he kind of I watched it there he kind of like throws a hooking fist as he goes on it's at worst, I think it's forearm. So no, I think it's okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily. Elbow. It's a strange one because you kind of doesn't register because like there was a point taken. I think earlier on, or uh, was there just a position? Was there a warning or a point there, taken for an elbow? And we were like, yeah. "What happened?" Because uh, you just you're so used to seeing elbows that it's, it doesn't even register. But then afterwards, I was thinking, "Oh, maybe that was an elbow." But it's just, oh, I just especially okay, especially in. Okay, in tournament fights, I can kind of see it. Kind of see it, but not really. But like in non-tournament fights, there just has to be elbows. You've been able Ridiculous. to knee a guy. Like you know, how many knees did uh, did um, it's easy eat and yeah. to her eye? Like and uh, it just seems illogical to me to, to to not allow elbows, but to allow knees. It just allow elbows. Like what we were talking about it last week. Like and. Uh, then we went and actually watched the card live and it's unnatural like it just doesn't look right at all it doesn't feel right it's worse I was talking to uh, my guy Kaposa about it and he was saying yeah I've been on a few PFL cards and I found the exact same thing because we were sitting there and we were like wow this is fucking weird there was even one situation do you know where you know you do throw those McGregor elbows or Travis Brown elbows and someone's having to like throw kind of hooking punches like, that's just completely unnatural like and then two seconds later they're near kneeing him in the head or kneeing him in the body or whatever it's it's stupid like PFL need to get away from this as, as I said we'll all agree if it's a tournament fight and you're fighting again in six weeks okay no elbows no problem but if it's I don't know about that even but yeah, yeah, okay, I, I, yeah I wouldn't either but like if you want to do that grand I, I wouldn't do it myself but if you want to do it fine but if it's the fight like the Cheva versus Skatizi here like that fight or um, uh, any of the, the tournament fights these people won't be fighting until the tournament next year again in like six months time like wow and I know like okay it's easy for me to say oh Jesus sure someone gets cut they get cut but that's fighting it, that's makes mixed martial arts you can inflict the cut as well as get one type of thing that, that's what we're, we're you know that's what we're here to fucking do her and and also yeah, right? why why are we taking away weapons like yeah. standing weapons uh, you know clinching weapons and ground weapons it's, it's not like every elbow uh, inflicts a cut either most of the time they don't in fact it's just a, a strike with a different part of your body like it's it's so unnatural sitting there like it was one of the things that as you said Graham like we didn't realize what was happening first so there was a glove grab and I can't jeez what fight was I can't remember but then there was a glove grab and then the referee warned him, which is fair enough, no problem. But then there was an elbow, which was the second one, and then they took away a point because of the elbow. It's like, that's, that's, just, like, okay, if there's two glove grabs or three glove grabs or something, take away a point, no problem. But to take away a point because someone lands an elbow, and I'm not, definitely not criticizing the referee here in any way, shape, or form. It's the stupid rules there, like, I, but honestly, when the opponent's not expecting the elbow and then he gets hit with an elbow, it is, it's just, yeah, it's just that is the whole thing. Yeah, stupid, like. correct. That, that's a very fair point because, yeah, 100%. It's still, it, it is an illegal strike under this rule set, but it's a stupid rule set. But, like, it, it's kind of like when Demetrius Shanson went to one championship and he got caught with that knee. It's like, okay, it's illegal under that, but he's been training his whole life 
to not get caught with knees in that situation and now he is doing it. he's gonna to have to like retrain himself to be able to fight that way it's almost like you have to retrain yourself to be able to fight with no elbows it's just it's unnatural i i really 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 hate it and pfl they need to they need to get rid of that like that's the problem as well with like having like a money man there or whatever that's dan davis lad we talked about it last week they need someone, he needs to fucking listen to Caboza, like, you know, a little bit anyway, maybe not fucking, you know, bring, they'd be bringing swords in there and kicking people in the back of the head and stuff, <laughs> if Caboza's in there, but, oh God, we need elbows, for God's sake, it's it's horrendous. Anyway, uh, a great win from uh, Jacob, and then we mentioned Dakota Jitschewa, uh, Jesus, Valentina Skatizi is tough as nails, she took a lot of shots here, I absolutely closed up, uh, she couldn't see a thing out of it, and we were... We were sitting there and we were like, oh, this, this fight cannot start the next round. But she wanted it was like, to. Was like when it first happened, it was like, oh, I think she can see a little bit. And then like five seconds later, it just completely swelled up even yeah. more. And it was just completely, completely closed. And it, and it went black quickly as well. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. And yeah, I think it was the right call, you know. Uh, even if Even if you can see a tiny bit and your eyes that damaged and the fight's kind of only going one way you know uh, especially when you're so early in your career against somebody so experienced as well you know i think i i think you know uh, it was an uphill battle from the start and once you have your eye your eye three quarters closed even if you can't see a little bit you know i think I think the fight was over, but once the once the eye actually completely closed, then there's no option. It's disappointing, you, you know. It's frustrating. You, you think you're you're still okay, you can still fight, but you know, with one eye, it's you know, we've <laughs> Bisping did it for a while on the slide, but it's 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 ninety nine percent of the time, it's it's uh, you're just going to take unnecessary damage. Yeah, hundred percent. Without without a shadow of a doubt, like as I said, she would have. She would have gone on if she could go on, but she definitely couldn't. Uh, it was it was awful. She walked past us afterwards, and I'm like, oh Jesus! Uh, I wouldn't. You know, sometimes you think, okay, the fight's over, everyone goes home, and that's that. But like, you'd be thinking about that for a few days, like how bad is that going to feel? And oh Jesus, for weeks afterwards, I'm sure that's going to be troubling her. It, it was absolutely awful, but um. What, what a promise of from, from Ditcheva. She looks as good live as she does on TV. You know, she is, uh, the weapons she has, the ability to let them go in, I suppose, these high-pressure situations and all. The the, the only thing that she needs is, is I suppose, a step up uh, in quality, a step up in, in opponents. And uh, it's going to be hard to get that in PFL. You know, we asked her afterwards. She's She said she's almost out of contract. And, um, you know, she wants PFL and Bellator and all of that. No problem. I, I said the UFC and she put it out of the question straight away uh, yeah yeah i think you know she probably got her eye on that million dollar tournament over there and the, the way she's been going she's probably brimming with confidence and you know hoping hoping that tournament goes ahead and she's in it and a million dollars on the line and you know that's a lot more than you can earn in three or four fights if uh, going to the ufc so you can see you can see why she would she would be on that path yeah it'd be interesting to see what PFL I suppose maybe that's a discussion for another day but what they do next year it feels like they need more tournaments here at the PFL but we'll uh, I suppose we'll see on that one the Chevedo definitely one of the standout fighters of the night she is fantastic it's the sort of one you look back on in, in five years time and say oh we interviewed her when you know she was dead fights in and we one of our opening fights you know because I think she's that good of a fighter but uh, credit to her then we Dylan Chuk uh, who went in there against uh, Yazid Kushain wasn't exactly the 
most exciting fight in the world. Um, went to the ground in the second, and he got the the rear naked choke. Uh, in submission in, in the second. What do you think of this one, Graham? Uh, Dylan Chuk, I know he's been doing a lot of wrestling and stuff recently. There was a bit more kind of elusive, I wouldn't even call yeah. it striking, this elusiveness. A lot, of faint, a lot of fainting, a lot of moving, trying to frustrate his opponent, trying to get him to kind of to lead, but he, his opponent didn't want to lead, so it, it turned into kind of a movement and feints <laughs> battle for the first round. The second round, I think maybe, maybe a bit of frustration, like we saw in the... In the Connor Hughes um, Dylan Tuke fight, where uh, you kind of frustrate your opponent and uh, maybe make make them do something that they, isn't in their game plan, uh, I'm sure. Like you'd have to think that you know going to the ground with Dylan wasn't wasn't in the game plan, but that's what he did. And w- once he went for the takedown, Dylan just took over. Really nice back take. You know the body triangle. We've seen it so many times from Dylan. Like once he gets a sniff at the back, he, it's pretty much all over. You know, and he's he's patient there and. He just, uh, he, he just, you know, uh, waited and didn't rush anything and got the rear naked choke and a big win and a big crowd reaction. And, you know, uh, coming off a loss is always, it means a bit more. Even Dylan said it afterwards that he, he felt a lot of pressure um, on this fight going into this. It was kind of do or die for him. So, uh, yeah, phenomenal win. And, uh, you know, obviously the first round was a bit slow and nothing really happened, but, uh he seems to be able to kind of frustrate his opponents with, with, with this kind of um game plan and um obviously uh he's a, he's a good striker dylan as, as well like you know he has all the tools he can throw kicks and, and you know he can he can do it all but his where he's outstanding in my opinion is once he can get on the ground and you know get to work and get the back and uh, as i said get that body triangle on and that's that's what he did and that's what that's what uh that's what if I was him I'd be trying to I'd be trying to get it to the ground and it seems like he he uh you know in the past want was maybe a bit more in love with the fancy strikes and things like that uh, uh, as he was an amateur when he was an early pro but now he seems to be much more calculated much more in there for the kind of long haul and he seems to be comfortable in his camp and he seems to be much more kind of happier than he was you know he's had some ups and downs over the years and he was a big prospect and you know uh, turning pro when Irish MMA was exploding and you know uh, it, it, it didn't even in the win against Adam Venture he took a lot of damage and you know that was a massive fight uh, like uh, so exciting and there was a lot of a lot of pressure on it Paddy Pimblett was involved as a teammate and all that stuff and it was a ridiculous fight and he ended up in the end you know turning to his grappling and getting the rear naked choke again and choking Adam Venture unconscious so I think this you know this is what Dylan does best and you know once once his opponent took him to the ground it was just it, to me it was just like an absolute disaster of a decision knowing how good Dylan is on the ground and that's how it turned out people will never remember what you did in the fight but they will always remember what I did the quote from Adam Ventura that's still pinned <laughs> <laughs> How about that somebody, somebody sent me a message the other, the other week saying what was it it's like how many years ago was it like eight years ago and this pinned tweet is still about Dylan Dennis yeah. or Dylan Dennis Duke, Dylan yeah. Duke uh, poor Alan the, the, the day after we were talking about it he got wind fucking mad himself and Paddy Bimblet saying why didn't you talk about me and I was like we were kind of just running through the results. Oh, Dylan Duke won there. He looked good. He great comeback. <laughs> that type of thing, you know. But, uh, anyway, geez, we don't want him getting mad again. Um, then we had the... What a fucking mushroom. Yeah, fucking mushroom. Uh, we had the three big fights then. Uh, I, I'll throw this one over to you first, Grim. 
Jacob Kashubang, John Mitchell, uh, probably the most oh. controversial fight of the night. Yeah. Tough one yeah. on John Mitchell, wasn't it? Oh, like, you know, the first round, John is doing great. He's piling it on. He's, uh, it looks like he's about to finish the rest getting close. The ref comes in, Rich Mitchell comes in to stop it, touches them, but kind of abandons the, the stoppage halfway through and kind of falls into the into the, the side of the cage and into them and the fight goes on it's just yeah it wasn't wasn't good uh you gotta like you know it's for john mitchell it's got to be so frustrating but the fight goes on and in fairness to you know kazubi he comes back and he, he he gets the he gets the finish in the second round but uh, it's just uh, yeah, that's going to be a tough one to take, you know. A uh, hundred grand on the line, and that happens. It's 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 uh, very disappointing, to say the least. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones we, when we were briefly talking to, to Rich Mitchell afterwards, and he didn't say anything more than what anyone could see. Like he went to stop the fight. He kind of got there, realized. Oh, hold on! I wait. think Rich kind of thought that he'd he thought he was he'd managed to abandon the the stop before he'd made enough contact yeah. but in the replay it looked more like definitely made contact you know, and in it, the moment it's hard to maybe you thought you got away with it like but yeah yeah. I'd say, if I was John Mitchell I would have just reeled away celebrating straight away the second I was touched anyway I would have taken that 100 grand I wouldn't have given a shit the, pro- the problem with it right if you go in to make the stoppage and you see okay wait no, hold on actually he's, he's still going and you kind of just like let's say you turn away to the right or, or you just stop when you're two feet away from no problem but the problem is he kind of fell on top of John Mitchell and affected what he was doing and affected the position and it's you know because it's a tough situation if you're Rich Mitchell you go in and you actually stop that are you kind of stopping it in just because you made the decision to stop it and you think that's the wrong decision like the right decision there was probably to pull out of the stoppage but that caused uh, an effect on John Mitchell and the whole fight and like it's a real yeah, tough yeah, situation absolutely. if he had him, like gone for it and managed to completely avoid them and just kind of fall into the cage then it would have been fine yeah. it would have been fine yeah and you know you know there's kind of a thing where we're gonna I'm gonna mention in the next fight where you kind of miss your chance to stop it um, and you know he he said to us that he thought uh, Kasuba was out, but then he realised he wasn't. Yeah. But you know maybe he was out for a second and then he was back. It's so hard to know. Um. So yeah, I think you know it's a difficult situation when you're going for the stoppage. You think a guy's finished, and then all of a sudden you, you see his eyes or you see his movements, and you realise he isn't. Then you try to abandon it. That that's the right thing to do, I suppose. But once you've touched him, it does make this murky murky situation and you just got to feel bad for for john mitchell as well but you you, you would feel really bad for kazuba as well if the ref had stopped it and he and then you looked at the replay and or it turned out that he wasn't actually finished it would have been you know it would have been bad the other way so it, yeah i think both guys would have feel both guys would have had a right to feel aggrieved either way if the ref if the ref how yeah. to stop it there, or Although, if the ref had to go on. I, I was talking to uh to Danny Rubenstein, the the uh, manager who's over with Kasuba, and he was kind of, you know, he was I was more off the cuff kind of thing. He was like, "Geez, we kind of got lucky in the first round." So it, it's one of those where he was hurt, like, and if it had been stopped, maybe people would have been saying, "Okay, maybe an early stoppage." But it's not exactly like it would have been a completely unwarranted stoppage or anything like that. And when the stoppage doesn't happen, I think Kasuba, his team, will kind of. 
you know, oh, maybe we got away with one there. I know which they did. There's no shadow of doubt about that. I think they, they got away with it. But at the end of the day, as you said, great comeback by him. John Mitchell said it was a body shot that hurt him. And then, because we couldn't kind of see it from our, our vantage point. Like, we, it was literally right up against us. So we missed, I, I didn't anyway, I missed the body shot. And we just saw a lot of punches to the head after that. But uh, it made sense the way he kind of fell. Uh, it, I, it didn't it didn't seem like your normal punch to the head someone falls. So the body shot does make a lot of sense. But um, yeah, look, a great comeback from Kasuba. Great performance from John Mitchell, but tough one, tough one to take. Like you miss out on a hundred grand, Jesus, that must be uh, must be awful. Um, but uh, oh, a great tournament. The one fifty five tournament was fantastic. As was the one thirty five tournament, um, where Kakarov came in here and he got the win over Franz Malambo. It was a very good fight early. You know, Kakarov came out kicking the leg, but then Franz did as well. Um, I thought he looked, I thought he looked fantastic. The, the further the fight went, but then. About literally about five seconds before the fight ended, I was watching it like was staring down Franz almost, and I was thinking, oh, "This just Ricky Bandeas came into my head again." It's like he, it, it was a tough start to the fight, possibly. He came into it. Now he's starting to not even necessarily dominate, but he's just winning the fight, you know. And next thing, I was like, "It's just it seems like Franz is a little bit too relaxed almost." And boom, he hits him with the big shot, knocks him down, finishes him with the ground and pound, and it's it's the same situation all over again, I suppose. And very unfortunate, I think, for Franz after such a good performance against such a good guy like Kakarov. But credit to Kakarov, he went in there last time out and beat Ali Taleb, who, in my opinion, was the, the best guy. Uh, who, in my opinion, before the tournament, was the best guy in all of the, the, the male tournaments anyway, maybe we can leave the chave out of it, but uh, you know, Kakarov beat him, and then he probably beat the second best guy in Franz as well, so what a performance from Kakarov, a 12-1 and one. now, he's going to move on, and uh, you know, I think he'll be a, a force next year if they do a 135-point tournament, or if he goes to Bellator, or whatever the case may be, but tough one on, on Franz as well, Graham, wasn't yeah. after such a good performance. Yeah, we had, like as you said, fair play to Kakarov, you know, he, he, he got off to kind of a good start, and but then Franz kind of figured out what he was doing, and kind of not took over completely, but was was doing more than enough to to win the round, uh, the first round, and you know uh, looked faster and uh, sharper with his punches. But he was a little, he was a bit maybe too relaxed, as you said, or too willing to stay still for too long and and trade instead of just using his speed and um, kind of sharpness to to pick him off, to pick Kakarot off off like he like he had been doing um you know obviously he got you mentioned the ricky bandeas fight it was similar to that and he, he went down uh i think you know uh the ref kind of missed a chance to stop it and then when he did stop it um franz had kind of recovered you know he was recovering guard and he, he like he popped straight back up and i don't know if he saw it on the broadcast but he showed the ref he stood on one leg to show he i'm fine like and obviously he definitely took a big shot and was was badly stunned by it momentarily and you know maybe he was woken up by the shot after it or or whatever or maybe he you know came through we've seen we've seen this happen before and guys come back so he'll probably feel a little bit disappointed with the stoppage too but at the end of the day when you get dropped really hard like that you know there's a, there's a high chance the ref's going to stop it and, and he did and you know with 100 grand on the line it's 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 hard to take but you know obviously um uh, France, brilliant striker uh, coming in there uh, and the fight was on the feet probably where he wanted and maybe that's what kind of made him comfortable he's he's like oh I don't really have to worry you know he did get taken down uh, in the first round but his opponent wasn't really able to do anything with it and um, 
yeah, maybe maybe he just got a bit a little bit too comfortable, like you said, or or you know maybe Kakarov just fin- figured out something and timed him well, and you know you gotta you gotta always look at it from the the other side of it as well. But for France, it's just gotta be gotta be very disappointing, you know. Um, you're not you're not only kind of winning looking to win a hundred grand, you're also looking to get into a million dollar tournament as well. So. Um, you know, nothing's guaranteed, and all all that. There's, there can't be a million dollar tournament every year for every for every division, but it's definitely a big setback. You know, France is kind of a little bit further on in his career than than uh, the other guys uh, on the card that we've been talking about. But I think he showed that. You know, it's hard to say when he got knocked out, but he's the better fighter. At least can is like you know able, well able to hang. With, with this uh, caliber of fighter, so hopefully we can see him back in a, in a you know another PFL card soon or in another tournament soon. Yeah, it's, I, I think you know the better fighters is an interesting debate, I suppose, in in all fights like this. But you know, Kakarov, I think, has shown this year he's he's a top level fighter, and I think Franz has shown throughout the years he's a top level fighter as well. And I think I, I actually heard that. Um, you know, Franz kind of protested the stoppage afterwards, but I heard that he went back and he actually apologised to the referee afterwards, which shows the you know the class of, yeah, of Franz is the nicest well, you know. guy you'll ever meet. Like, yeah, this, yeah, like, so absolute fucking, you know, class. And, and it was it's one of those ones as well. You must when you when you're stopped like that, and then like you when the fight when you realise the fight's being stopped and you're still moving, it must be so fucking frustrating. Even before that, if you are knocked out, even like the, we've seen worse knockouts in this or whatever, like it must be so frustrating. And it's understandable, you know, for guys to react like that. That's why I always have a bit of sympathy, you know, for you know, sometimes like lads would push the referee or something and it's like it's never good to do that. But if they're just after getting their fucking head, you know, barreled in or something, it's it's fucking they just got their brain scrambled, yeah, like it's, it's so not really like rationalizing out what they're doing. Like. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, you know, credit Kakarov, but um, uh, uh, you know, France is a lot to hold his head up about after after that performance. Uh, and in the main event, we had Nathan Kelly against Dimitri Solmis. Um, I suppose exactly what we expected here. Um, Nathan Kelly went in. There was a few strikes. He was even kind of saying in a post fight, he, he wished maybe there was another bit of striking, but he ended up getting the fight to the ground. Solmis defended well the first time. He got back up, but Kelly got it to the ground again. And after that, uh, it, was, it was all done and dusted. Just absolutely beautiful back take as well. Uh, the, yeah. the fluidity of the back take is just really, really nice. And once he had the back, you know, black belt level jiu-jitsu on the back like that, it's only going to be one outcome really with that much time on the clock. I think the crowd reaction to the win, but also to him walking out, proved that this was the right main event. Like, I was sceptical, and Nathan was sceptical himself, I think, you know, talking to him before and after the fight. But uh, the crowd reacted massively to him, um, and it it was, you know, it well, felt like a, a bit of, of it because the crowd was... a bit in there of, we need this. The crowd was kind of like, we need this win now. We, you know, we can't. We can't lose here. Yeah, maybe there probably was a little bit like that because you know the two Irish lads had obviously lost the uh, the the big tournaments before that. But even still, like Mitchell and Franz, they didn't get as much of a reception as uh, as Nathan Kelly had gotten. And maybe you know he obviously did a good bit of media over the last while. And um, you know Franz doesn't exactly do a whole lot of media. And John Mitchell has been, I suppose, out of the country. And you know he's not a dub either. Like you know it's you know the dubs like the dubs. And <laughs> I think, but um, yeah, and like the interviews Nathan been doing you can see he's a decent honest you know very good yeah tell you how he really feels tell you how it is and people can you know connect with that and you know maybe maybe getting this big spot and getting the eyes on him has brought like a lot of a lot of kind of followers and eyes on him that weren't on him before and 
the big reaction, yeah. And I think having a, a good walkout tune like uh, Aslan, Crazy World also helps. Um, you know, some people come out to, to tunes that people can't sing along to or things like that, but you put like an Irish band, a well-known kind of Irish song on, you come out, it, it helps as well. And uh, as I said, like needing a win and, um, you know, people understand there's probably a lot of hardcore fans there. They understand that this is a big moment for, for Nathan and, uh, yeah, it's, it just it just went brilliantly the whole thing for him. It was probably like a like a dream, like a fairy tale to him because, as you said, he was kind of saying in these interviews in the weeks prior that even when people were messaging him saying, "Oh, look, you're the main event," he was thinking, "Oh, that must be a mistake or that's the wrong fight order or whatever." You know, he kind of yeah. couldn't believe it as well. So, yeah, what an what an amazing kind of turn of events and performance and reaction for for Nathan Kelly. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was fantastic, and as you said, like. Uh, talking to him because I, I had spoken to him in a few scrums and stuff before but never one on one until last week and you know he just comes across as such a lovely fella and you do that sometimes like I remember and we, we'll talk about him later on but Keen Cowley as well I interviewed him before I was like Jesus I I, I don't know So sometimes it may, maybe you hadn't heard him doing an interview or hadn't heard him doing a one on one or something like that and then you chat to lads and they're like Jesus an awful lovely lad a decent lad like Kieran Clark another guy like that or you know speaking to someone like said Danny McCormick you know, we get frustrated about it sometimes. The coverage Irish MMA gets and all of that, but God Almighty, there's some really nice people who are just hard working, fucking honest people. And like the, the way Ned Kelly, when he was speaking to me, I don't know if you heard it, but he was speaking about Barry Oglesby as well. And you know, it'd be it'd be very easy for someone to move to SBG and you know not give credit to their old gym or you know. And when people talk about the spread of gyms as well, this is a guy who didn't you know didn't start in SBG. He might be there now, but um. You know, and he's made of internet and he still takes the time to talk about Barry Oglesby and for a good 10 minutes in like our interview as well and he credits him with, you know, being kind of like a father figure to him almost, allowing him to, to train for free and give him a bit of kind of a job and stuff to, to, to make up for it. Not like, do you know what? It's it's great to hear stories like that about guys, you know, like Barry and there's pe- people doing it all over the country, I'm sure, but Barry was the example obviously in this one who are helping these young lads and helping them, you know, when uh, they, maybe their life isn't as easy uh, as as some and, and you know, they're living tough lives, uh, lives outside of their training and all and, you know, and now... You know, the guy like Nathan Kelly started his career 0-2 and, and now he's 9-2 and headline and Jesus, what a story of, and just a nice lad like, you know, and there's no bullshit, no shit talk or anything like that. You you gotta love it, like, you gotta love it. And that's what, you know, that's what we, I don't know about you, Graham, but that's what I kind of signed up for with MMA, like, you know, it's it's great to see. But, um, yeah, it was, it's one of those ones you'd be delighted for him, like, you know, and there's there's a lot of fighters like that you'd be delighted for him. And then you know, I'm sure Dimitri's a, a lovely guy himself as well, but, you know, it was uh, it was a brilliant win for Irish MMA and a brilliant win for Nathan Kelly. And uh, a good night overall. I really enjoyed it. Fuck the haters. I really enjoyed it. Well, last thing for Graham before we move on. What do you think of this MVP Cedric Doom betting? I thought the crowd were like, nah, boy. <laughs> they were like, oh, we want you to the UFC, mate. <laughs> uh, what do you think of MVP and PFL? You know, and like, if, well. if, there wasn't, if there wasn't any, like, you know, screenshots from videos of, of MVP on the wall in Dana White's office or whatever, uh, people probably would have been hyped. Yes. But the fact that they were teased with the, oh, we're going to yeah. see MVP versus all of these guys. And then it's like, Ooh, what? No, we don't want this. It's no, just no. like one of those like face-offs where like, it's just in case or it's just, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> it's I, kind of confusion. I thought it was such a funny reaction. Uh, 
<laughs> I remember he walks in and I was there like, no, just boo. <laughs> we don't want to see this. Go away. I'll look MVP versus Cedric Doom. Maybe a fun fight if it happens. Like, but God, um, it's time for MVP to go to the UFC now. We want to see him in the UFC, but uh, I, I don't know. Well, it's kind of now or never for the UFC, really. He's not. Yeah. He's no spring chicken. It's yeah. you know. It's, yeah, I don't know if anything's official. I don't think anything's been announced, has it? No, it hasn't. No. Do you know yeah. in, in MMA, sometimes we get we get these kind of stare downs and then nothing happens. Yeah, indeed. But uh, hopefully that's the case here. But yeah, I, I, PFL had Cedric Toomba there and they did like a fan meet and greet before and they had Impa Kasanganai there as well. Um, do you know one thing I think PFL could probably do as well? They had a lot of the Irish fighters there that Paul uh, um, Paul Hughes is there and Brian Moore and all the, you know, Sinead Kavanagh and a lot of them are there. Uh, I think, th- you know, they could have like they could almost have like a meet and greet area where all the Irish fighters are there and, you know, you can meet them beforehand and maybe meet them at an interval or whatever. And, you know, I, I, even like fucking between fights and stuff, the Irish fa- fighters are always happy to have like a po- photo or whatever with the with the, the fighters, with the with the fans. I think that's another thing they could do. I think Bellator did did that kind they're, of they're a bit. They're probably all pissed off their head, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, but sure, look, <laughs> these, these things happen in MMA, but... Um, yeah, all in all, a very good night. I'm looking forward to seeing PFL come back. I know, like, bits and pieces of, you know, the maybe the, the PR and the, I, I asked them, like, when's the way and on? Got no reply and things like that. I, I think, you know, a lot of that maybe they should be looking to bring on some of the Bellator guys uh, back I, I in. I actually never got a credential email, but I just turned up. Just turned up, fine. yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be grand, but, uh, yeah. We, we can't complain too much and I'm sure things will improve as, as they go forward again but looking forward to seeing what next year has and uh, looking forward to more bitching uh, PFL in general you know the whole thing is in flux like you know the, the Don Davis is saying things but like we've seen promoters say things at the start and that not be so it, there's a lot up in the air and a lot of different things could happen so yeah it's, a, it's exciting times but it's also very important for the future of PFL times the decisions yeah. decisions made now in you know in the main show the potential Africa, the the European series, Bellator, all of these things, you know, if you do it right, it could be big. But if you if you mess it up, we, we've seen things that just messed up a lot in the past. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the correct decisions are made. And, you know, uh, not even just things like elbows and stuff, business, business decisions are made. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, obviously the ESPN deal being announced in, uh, for PFL in, in America is, is great news. But, time will tell about what kind of deals we have in uh in you know the rest of the, the rest of the world and obviously being on virgin media um in ireland for for this pfl dublin card was, was fantastic and hopefully that relationship can, can continue and hopefully you know if good numbers are done maybe we could even see more um kind of um parts of the pfl uh, what would you call it conglomerate mm-hmm. uh on on irish tv and, and uk tv and all around the world yeah, very, 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 very important stuff gonna be yeah. gonna be happening. Like I said, I said earlier, my dad was watching. It was on Virgin Media. As he said, like that's massive for him if they could get it like that and have it free, you know, and like Bellator was, uh, it it'd be fantastic. And when I say free, I mean on Virgin Media Two or Virgin Media One, whereas you couldn't watch the Bellator One because oh well, just you got a demand. It's not on the Virgin Media app because yeah. that doesn't even work. It doesn't even work. Our Virgin Media more, which you literally can't get here in this part of the country and all. So, yeah, but um. Hopefully that'll improve. Um, right. Before we get to UFC 296, there are, I believe, three Irish lads fighting on the Combatche card next week. Now, where will be able to watch this? When will we be able to watch this? Who knows? But Palahan, Lee Hammond, Keen Cowley, 
uh, all on this. And, um, you know, very, very uh, interesting to see all these three lads back. You know, obviously, Pa had a great couple of years with combatches, got to, you know, tournaments and massive fights and everything like that. Great to see him back. Lee obviously was in the Ultimate Fighter House, had the beatings of the winner of it, you know, and amazing. I'm very, very, very shocked he didn't get an opportunity, to be honest, because he looked like one of the standouts uh, on the uh, on the whole tournament. Yeah. Surprising, you know, especially you know. when you were kind of dominating. I know he got finished, but he he was dominating until he got caught, and you know how well Kurt did. And over the years, we've seen you know Ultimate Fighter guys um, who who didn't win the show get a shot and. You know, uh, it was it was definitely surprising. Uh, Bizarre, really, wasn't it? I, I thought he'd be yeah. a shoe in after the show, like, but I don't know what the crack is. Maybe it took Connor too long to have a fight, and maybe he would have been on, you know, on on that card if Connor was fighting. Maybe, maybe like only that. being five and older, saying, you know, go get a couple more fights, and, and yeah, but he he looked so good on the Ultimate Fighter up until obviously up until he lost, but. Yeah, it definitely was surprising. I thought it was just, you know, there's been a lot of surprising, you know, obviously you mentioned Paul Hughes earlier, so yeah, who knows what's going on. Yeah, 100%. And in Keen Cowley as well. You know, Keen is a guy who has, I suppose, had a lot of ups and downs on in his career over the last few years. You know, starting his own fight league, you know, the RFC while Lee Hammond fought and that, and, uh, and all of this. But, you know, it'd be good to see him bouncing back. And you just hope for these guys, like, I, I know that, Keen has been in, um, you know, been in a couple of places where they've put him in with very, very tough fights. You know, he's won his last three in a row now. You know, uh, you know, when he went to Brave, they put him in there with fucking, you know, some ringers out there, and that's that's not what he needs. I don't think at this stage of his career, and I I don't know if that's going to be the case uh, or not out here. I suppose we'll see, and we, you know, next week will probably tell us more than than this week coming into it. But this, I think, this is a massive period in Keen Cowley's career because he's five and five right now. You know if you go and you maybe lose a couple that's very hard to I suppose resurrect a career from there but if you go on and you win you know a few as look at say Wesley Maya he's what is he 9 and 5 or something like that after being 8 and 5 coming into it you win 3 in a row 4 in a row it quickly turns yeah. around your career and, 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 and if Keane is to get a kind of winning streak going he's likely to get a you know brutal finishes because when when yeah. he does win and when like you know he's he's deadly on the on the feet his Muay Thai and Kickboxing is obviously his his bread and butter, and uh, if he was to get on, you know, he'd probably have a nice highlight reel there. He be he be he's, he's an exciting fighter. It's it's just you know coming from strictly kickboxing and trying to round out your game. Everybody's going to obviously try to to get you on the ground, and it's proved a problem when he's gone in maybe against two experienced guys in the past, but. He's obviously been training a lot a long time or a, a lot longer than when he when he when he a lot longer in MMA than when he first started taking pro fights, which he probably should have waited to do. But obviously, you know, it's easy to say afterwards. But I think, yeah, as you said, this is a very important time for Keane. If he can go in and win, get get his record into the into the positive, and you know, if he is to win, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna win by finish uh, on the feet. So, yeah, um, I I. I don't know for sure, but I think it's a probably a one fight deal with Kambache. Uh, maybe it isn't, but you know, uh, Keen obviously is a big ticket seller as well. So he he puts on his own events and he can he can he can bring a crowd and he's definitely, as you said, uh, a really kind of interesting and nice guy. And maybe people who, who just see like social media stuff or haven't really listened to an interview don't realize that. But yeah, he's he's an easy guy to root for, and it'd be, it'd be great to see Keen get get his record in, onto the. The green into the green, as I say, one hundred percent. And just on Palahan, then he's fighting a very tough opponent, uh, Roberto Romero. 
Uh, he's uh, undefeated in his last seven fights with uh, six wins and one draw. Uh, you know, he started off his career losing two of his first three, but as I said, since then it's those seven fights. So that's going to be a tough one. I've I've seen him fight before and he's looked good. So that's uh, a tough fight for Palahan, but uh, I'm sure uh, he'll rise to the challenge as he seems to have done over the last few years. Always so, exciting as well. Yeah. Always exciting. That's the Ireland versus Mexico card. Um, I'm sure there's there's probably a few other people who are missing, but I went and I looked for this card and I literally cannot find it anywhere so. I saw a, be- a beef going on between Kambache <laughs> and Topology on Twitter yeah. about <laughs> refusing to send them information and uh, Kambache saying that's not true or uh, just some kind of beef going on there so I don't know maybe I've seen people complaining online about not being able to get information about who's fighting until the week of the fight and not being able to get broadcast information and stuff like that so yeah I think Kambache could do with a, obviously improving all of that that kind of pure media side of things. Yeah, Campbell is not exactly uh, the easiest guy in the world to deal with <laughs> on inside. Uh, he, he invented the world. Uh, yeah, he invented the world. He invented punching people in the face. Yeah, fair play to Right. Um, actually, actually, before we, again we get to UFC 296, there's a fucking KSW card next week that is really... Just before you actually get onto that, can I just mention, yeah. you know, you mentioned Paul Hughes being there and, you know, the UFC would want to hurry up and sign Paul Hughes if they want Paul Hughes because he's not going to sit around fighting on cage wires forever, you know. Um, he could be looking and thinking, you know, if the UFC don't want me, what am I supposed to do, you know? Um, he's kind of, you know, he's been talked about for nearly what is it two years now about being yep. on the verge of signing for the UFC so it must have been a frustrating time and he came back and you know went up a weight class and looked looked phenomenal and we still haven't heard anything maybe the stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about but yeah like I, I'm hope I was gonna assume he's gonna go to the UFC and hoping he's gonna go to the UFC but the longer it goes on he's you know he has to make money this is a, a young man's game and you know, he could be looking at PFL and thinking, yeah, if the UFC don't want me, this is kind of my only option. So the UFC would want to get a move on. I wouldn't blame him at all. I remember saying about a year ago, if I was him, I'd be looking at Bellator and like, I, I would not blame him at all. Like, and it's maybe getting out of the cage where his uh, contract might, <laughs> might be the toughest part of it. But um, yeah, although you never know, maybe he's only one fight left or something, or maybe there's there's a certain amount of, of a time period or something, but then belts and stuff get involved as well. But yeah, I wouldn't at all be surprised uh, if that did happen, to be honest, because I don't know, I literally have no idea what the UFC are thinking of them. Like, he's one of the best fighters in the world outside of the UFC. And there's absolutely no way that Sean Shelby and Graham Mary don't know about him. There's no mm-hmm. way. Like, I've talked to Sean Shelby for hours in the past, like at fighter hotels and stuff. He knows obscure, like, he knows everything about you know and like, not everything obviously but he's he's very very well knowledgeable and he he'd be watching cage warriors absolutely like and I, I just don't know what's going on I doubt Paul Hughes is looking for a fucking 200 grand to fight as well <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think he'd make it hard for them to sign him you know I, I don't know it's a fucking bizarre situation and yeah hopefully it gets resolved soon but as we say again nothing has moved we talked to Paul and he was like well nothing you know so what are we? Uh, what what's anyone supposed to do? I suppose, but hopefully, as I said, it gets resolved. It probably doesn't um, bode well for UC Dublin card coming either, with the way oh. the bookings have been and the lack of signings. Yeah, no, we'll see. Uh, but this KSW card, unbelievable card. The main event, Saldin Parnas going for his third 
championship in KSW. He's the 145 pound and 155 pound champion. He's taken on the undefeated 14 and all Adrian Bartsinski for the title here. He's actually the underdog coming in as well as Parnas. So that's a very interesting fight. I'll, I'll have a full preview on this card coming out in case on a uh, on Chardog during the week. Uh, but the it must be the size, the size difference must be, yeah, very, yeah. you know, obviously he's undefeated. Very but, good as well. He hits like yeah, a fucking yeah. truck, like, you know, but like coming up from 45 to 55 to 170 is, is a huge leap. Yeah, really is. Uh, I believe um, KSW are also in a French card next year, so you know I'm sure Parnas will be on that. If he was a, a three way champion on that card, it'd be fucking unbelievable. So we'll we'll see how that works out. But I can't wait for that. That's a fight that everyone, if you're an MMA fan around the world, you should be fucking tuning in for that one because that's massive. The middleweight championship in Powell Palak, who's looked great over the last while, uh, he's fighting Michelle Materla, obviously the KSW legend. That's a great fight as well. Matters for me that's a sign for KSW, Graham. I was a bit surprised to see that last week when I was uh, watching some tape for for this card. Obviously, coming over from Cage, where he was probably on the verge of a title shot, but a massive, uh, massive sign in there for K, uh, KSW, and he goes in against Adrian Gribish in a, an interesting fight. Martin Held is back in KSW as well. He's on this card. Victor Pesta is also on the card, probably in a title eliminator against Simon Bejour, who fought for the title last time out. And then we Tommy Romanovsky against Demin Janikovsky, and uh, loads more in that card as well. A really Really, really, really top card for KSW to close out the year. And then for the UFC, UFC 296. Let's talk about Ian Gary to start it off, Graham. Uh, he's obviously fighting Vicente Luque in the toughest fight of his career. Uh, but it's it's been a mad few weeks for Ian Gary. And people have asked me about it in, on the Q&A a few, few times. And I've talked about it. Uh, basically saying, like, you know, this whole online fucking vendetta against him and his family is just so fucking weird and I'm like look if you want to have an opinion on it or whatever but like I'm, I care about fighting and I care about like how is someone physically and mentally preparing for the fight and Physically, who knows? Because, like, obviously he can't train in Killcliffe because he uh, of Luke. He's fighting a teammate. And then we had the whole Leon Edwards situation where um, he was no longer training at his gym. But then, like, it was always kind of he only trained there for a few weeks and he left anyway. The plan, I assume, was always to go to Brazil. He seems to have been training out there uh, an awful lot. I think, uh, was it the, the Lima brothers and other people out there he was training with? Yeah, he was training with Damien Maia and Shooter Box, yeah, as well. So I'm sure he got great prep preparation there so I'm not massively worried about that because I think he's proven over the last few fights that he has an ability to do that now is this is extra though this, this is, is different and also like it's a thing that right it could go well for him but like no one else I don't think has ever done this like George St. Pierre has done it a little bit but it always felt like George St. Pierre it was right I'm, I have like three kind of home gyms or whatever like he had uh, Tristar and then he had Greg Jackson's and then he kind of would you know Freddie Roach as well with the boxing and things and it, it didn't feel like you know and maybe he'd turn up somebody turn up in New York and do a bit of training or wherever it might be with uh, John Danher and other people as well but it's he you know Ian Gary calls himself nomadic I don't think GSP was as nomadic uh, as he is uh, and um, yeah, well, he was, was the main guy in Tristar you know as well yeah, yeah, uh, you know sure. Ian Gary's like you know kind of been bumped out because Luke is more of a senior man in the gym so it, you know it, it's it's a bit of a different situation it's obviously it's obviously not ideal um, for most fighters to be jumping around gyms but Ian Gary's been doing it for a while so it, you know you do adapt to things like this and all of that I'd be more worried about the the mental side of it with you know the kind of online stuff and the the videos being made and the 
the replies and obviously um you know um it's got to affect you like it really has like i i know he's he's had trials and tribulations before fights before but when it's like your your wife and things like that it, it, i don't know it it seems like it's um it would be very difficult to deal with but you know these guys are already dealing with massive amounts of pressure anyway stepping into a cage and all they have extreme elite mentalities a lot of them like when they don't we kind of know about it you know we mentioned kind of maybe a donald Cerrone over the years or things like that where you know mind gets in his own way i haven't seen any of that for me and gary but this is definitely ramping it up and this is going to be a big test and i was very very confident of his ability to go in there and beat luke before i'm still confident but i'm definitely there's definitely a few factors playing in that we mentioned there that are are like stressors that maybe could affect the fight and could you know give Luke a more of a chance in affecting Gary's performance. So there's definitely more more questions going into the to fight than Ian Gary would like. And, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, everything's kind of been smooth enough sailing. Obviously, he's got cracked in fights and things like that. And, you know, uh, on his way up, but that, that's that's the way it goes. This is MMA. You know, you you learn from that, you move on. But this is definitely a step up in, in competition. I think he's ready for the step up in competition technique-wise and fightability-wise and, and all of that. And I think, you know, we've seen his ability to to stay on the outside, distance control and uh, do all that. And we've, see, we've seen him on the ground as well. He's very well-rounded. But, yeah, I think... I'm, I'm definitely picking Ian Gary to win, but I think, you know, this is this is definitely a, a big thing for him to deal with. And, you know, will, he, will, he, will it affect him? Will it affect his performance? We're not going to know until the fight actually happens. Yeah, I I, I think the mental... I spoke about the, the physical side of it, the training side of it, that I... Like, it's obviously never been done before, but they seem to be doing a very good job of it. The, the mental side of it, it's an interesting one. Well, it's interesting is the wrong word. It's it's weird, like because so everything like there's loads of these weirdo YouTubers going out there like exposing things and all. It's like like you know everyone knew about everything they're talking about fucking three years ago. Ian Gary went through all of this, you know, leaving Team KF and all of but this. But it seems most people didn't, didn't know. Yeah, it seems uh, I, didn't. I, but like okay, maybe in America and all that. But like Ian Gary went through this already. And it feels like it's just being brought up again by you yeah. know weirdos. And like the one, the one you know what I think actually like didn't help at all was you know sending messages about defamation to like you know people yeah. like Sean Street. That's just like when you've when you've come out and like made T-shirts and all like. And I don't mind that. Like you know this is the fight game. This is people say like you know this is people getting in a cage and fighting. People can say what they want before can make fun of fighters, hype of fights or whatever. But when you start threatening legal action and stuff i don't think people like that i think that turns people against you and especially in the fight game like you know what i mean i think um, i don't know if any legal letters were actually sent but even sending messages saying about legal letters or whatever is just a it's a really bad look that's going to turn people against you i think and then and then people are going to be against you and then every bit of information comes out they're going to make into a big a bigger deal than they would have before and i think that was a bad misstep yeah there's there's two parts of this i think right has people been turning against him? I, I think without a shadow, a shadow of a doubt, absolutely. And I don't agree with them being turned against him, to be honest. But I, I think the, a lot of people just have. You see a lot of the replies. You see things like, uh, you know, whatever it might be, you know, saying things about him. Or, oh, he's never going to be any good. He's never. And like all of this coming from a guy who's 
30 fights in his career and has fought some very fucking good guys. But then the other part of it is like, has it affected him mentally? Like, I, I, the one thing that I think would be a positive is there hasn't been much about it in the last couple of weeks. I feel like himself and Layla, they were putting out too much stuff about it, listening to these fucking weirdos, like way too much and replying way too much, naming people. And it's like, Jesus, leave that stuff aside. And I think as well, like, we spoke about it before, the the way Ian's, like, online persona thing has kind of, you know, been, been a thing for the last three or four fights where it's, like, very detailed and, you know, sophisticated. And I, I don't know the people like that as well. I think people like it real more so than, than anything else. I was listening to uh, the Dave Portnoy from Barstool talking about it a while ago, and they were like, uh, he was giving out to his editors for having videos too professional looking. He's like, people don't like that. People like real people like you picking up your phone and saying yeah. something you believe into it, like yeah. you know. Even even like you know, this is obviously a bit different. But like when we were doing like the the all access Mayweather and McGregor thing, and they wanted like everything to be like a, a music video, you know, uh, everything to be like on a on a tripod, everything to be set up perfectly, and it's just like that's not going to work, like you know, especially with somebody like Connor, obviously, but like a fighter's lifestyle. It's not going to work. You're not going to have time to do that. You just got to do it on the fly. You're not going to get sit down interviews. You're just going to get every, everything on the fly. And the more, the less set up it is, the the more real it is. The it's just it's completely real when it's not set up. If you interview a fighter right after training, you're going to get a much better, realer interview, even if he's half out of breath or he's, you know, the camera's bouncing a bit because you're holding on your shoulder. Then if you sit him down in a room and set up lights and make everything perfect, it's it's take it just makes it a an an unnatural situation and it makes the it makes it into like an interview rather than just having a chat and it makes it less real as you're kind of saying obviously you want to put out content and get people interested in you and stuff like that but i think some people think it's just it's just kind of fake and that just puts them off yeah and the weird thing about ian is he's probably one of the least fake lads ever like if you're ever talking to him or ever do an interview with him he always like says what he thinks and always like you know <laughs> if someone needs to be having a go at he has a go at him and things like that and i think you you, you know you pick your spots as well and you you don't like you, you don't have a go at like weirdo youtubers or whatever you have a go at fucking vicente luke or have a go at leon edwards or whoever it might be no problem with that but yeah and i like i don't really have any major don't criticism i have of being a is ah, it's too polished and preem, which is not like a major criticism, really. But I, uh, I, I just hope the mental side of it is okay. And the fight itself, uh, you kind of broke it down well there. Like it's a, such an interesting fight. Like Luca is obviously really good on the ground, but you know he's a, a demon on the feet as well in terms of he'll keep going. He can take a big shot. You know, Ian, it's not going to be as easy here as Ian coming out and landing a few jabs using his side size and landing a big shot here. He's going to have to have like a very defined game plan that can be adjusted uh, as needs be but and you know having trained together and been around the gym together and sparred together you kind of know what each other do and maybe you know uh, something that might catch another fighter unaware that you're really good at Luke might know already that Ian Gary does that and Ian Gary might already know that Luke turns to this in this situation so it adds an extra an extra kind of um, element ge- element to the game plan and to, and to invite where maybe things that always work for you might be you know he might have a counter ready for that yeah I'm really looking forward to this fight like Ian Gary is 
really has really good cardio is a really exciting fighter really good technical fighter Vicente Luca you know you, you know Neil's favourite fighter ever one of the most ex, you know exciting uh, go forward fighters we've seen in a long time as well this is massive and like if Ian Gary wins this it's bombs away like he's he's right there towards the top we're not th- we're no longer talking about top 10 guys we're now talking about you know maybe Bilal Muhammad or Colby if he loses or Leon if he loses or something like that one fight away from the title type of thing so this is a massive fight for Ian Gary and you know if you're an Irish person out there and you're thinking like oh Ian Gary oh, he's a weirdo or you don't like this is a guy who's 13 and oh he's an Irish guy he's ranked he's one or two fights away from a fucking title we thought we'd never have this again, you know, after Connor. We talked about it, like, and, uh, you know, we're very, there's a lot of negative cunts out there, but we're pretty positive. And, like, this is going to be very hard to have someone in this position again. And, like, let's say if Ian Gary loses to fucking Luca. He, he's only young. He can build his way back up and get there again. Well, I don't think he lose. I think he's going to win. He's definitely my pick. But this is fucking dreamland if you're an Irish MMA fighter. And the mind is bullshit weirdo YouTubers fucking giving out about him or an online persona or anything like that. If you care about fighting and you have a fucking Irish guy at this level of fighting we should be pretty happy about that and obviously we're calling it down the middle you know if Asite Luca wins or if, Lu- or if Ian Gary wins we'll talk about it why they won and why they lost and that's that but uh, if you're an Irish MMA fan you can look at it from the other side point of view uh, like has Ian Gary done anything like egregious is he has he done anything bad in his life has he committed any crimes has he been hor- horrible to people I don't I haven't really seen any of that you know I haven't seen any yeah. of that in, in many situations, so I don't know. As you, as you call them, the weirdo YouTubers, uh, he like, you know, uh, playing into that and like, as you said, like mentioning them and replying to them is giving them exactly what they want and it's giving them content and giving them viewers and giving them topics for, for videos and ammunition and all that stuff. And they're, they're just laughing all the way. And that's what, exactly what they want. And, you know, fair play to them. They're doing their thing or whatever. But for Ian Gary, you know, I don't know why you'd even even entertain that stuff and you just need to focus on yourself and not worry about you know what people are saying online even if it is you know people on youtube or even you know people saying stuff on our podcast or any podcast you know replying to that kind of stuff is just you know never never going to end well so and and one thing i want to say as well they've used like one of my interviews as part of this as well i take no fucking joy in that i want to be no part in that shit whatsoever that interview that was done like where you know, I asked him the question about leaving Team KF. It was on the fight week. There was rumors that he'd left team, team KF and he was going to have no corner. It's, as someone who, you know, I'm not calling myself a journalist here or anything, but like some sort of journalistic fucking integrity, I have to ask that question and I have to push him on that question. And, you know, there was it was obviously a very tough week and, you know, there's he doesn't know what to say and he's trying to like you know talk about well, it I, with think, his... I think it's more like people are saying like oh people who never knew Ian Gary before the UFC didn't know he left his gym now they're saying oh you know he's out of team Killcliffe even though it's like like he, uh, from what I know it's temporary and uh, the Leon Edwards thing and Paddy Pimblett and all it's just a lot of stuff happening that you know uh, has kind of built up and you know replying to all this stuff is just yeah, yeah. I just I think that's a lesson to learn to it just you know yeah. keep the head down and put out your own stuff and just not not involve yourself in in the outside stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that anyway. I I want to know part in this shit, but um, yeah, look, a massive fight, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh to seeing how uh to seeing how it goes. Tony Ferguson, Paddy Pimblett, then you mentioned Paddy Pimblett, Graham. 
I, I honestly I love this fight I know a lot of people give out about it like oh Paddy's getting fed and old Sony Ferguson but like I don't like the problem is I don't think Paddy is you know good enough to be fed anyone at that level now is Tony completely shot has he any yes. hope or yeah do, do, he's not completely shot like he yeah. still he still is a tough guy who will you know come with everything and he, he he's willing to give one to take one and he's willing to try and match it and you know like we've seen people get caught by Tony Ferguson and you know Paddy Pimblett's definitely not going to have it all his own way here I think you know it's obviously a good time to be for Paddy Pimblett to be fighting Tony Ferguson and it will be a big name win and all that stuff and it would do do great for him it would probably be you know the biggest win of his career in terms of you know uh, how much kind of uh, value or name value Tony Ferguson has so it's, it's it's a huge fight for Paddy and for for Tony Ferguson it's a huge fight as well because he needs to get back into the wing column and who knows what, what Tony Ferguson has been doing behind the scenes obviously but he's he's never one not to come ready uh, as ready as he can anyway and you know a lot of people just assuming Paddy Pimblett is going to run through him I think Paddy Pimblett is going to have some moments where he's going to he's going to have to make some good decisions to to stay safe and um, if he doesn't Tony Ferguson is able to finish on the feet he's able to finish on the ground so yeah I, I think Paddy Pimbler should win this but I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Ferguson ends up winning I wouldn't either I think the biggest issue for Tony here is that in his last few fights he, it feels like he hasn't been able to let his hands go um, if uh, someone needs to convince him that he can beat Paddy Pimbler and if they have convinced him that and he lets his hands go I think he will win Honestly, I do. I think he'd beat Paddy Pimblett if he can just fucking let his hands go. Uh, if he can't, and I I think he probably can't, to be honest. Uh, I think the fight will end up going to the ground and Paddy will probably end up submitting him. Like, Tony is a very good offensive jiu-jitsu guy in things, but he's been submitted before. I don't think he's the best defensive jiu-jitsu yeah, guy I think in the world. So. Previously, like years ago, his jiu-jitsu was much more effective. Nowadays, it's just yeah. not effective. Yeah, like, It's I, just I not effective. And Paddy, like, for whatever we say about Paddy, he's like, what's that thing that Jorgen Klopp says about the team? The rock and roll? or What was this? His... Like heavy all action, heavy, heavy he's like a bit of a heavy metal MMA fighter no, he's all fucking action he goes for it he'll go for the finish he'll jump on things and I think against a guy like Tony Ferguson who's shot you know that's that's probably difficult enough for him to deal with even though for to take these two lads at their top level Tony Ferguson is just a, a far 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 superior uh, fighter but yeah we'll see how it goes I, I, I don't know I don't think this graph is as far in Paddy Pimblett's favour as people think it is, um, while still saying I probably think <laughs> Paddy will win, but very interesting fight, and I can't wait to see it. This is a really good card, like Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell is before that, Irene Aldana's on the card, Brian Keller, yeah, Cody Garner. Before you move on from Paddy Pimblett there, I haven't been following uh, that closely, but did he get really fat and slim down again between? Uh, see, he was out for nearly a year there, uh, because he had an ankle operation and everything. Um, so I don't, uh, it's weird. He didn't, I don't think he necessarily, if he did blown up, he kind of lost a bit of it a few months ago and he's just, you know, I, I, no, I don't think he, he's had to cut as much this time to get down. If you want me, if you feel me, 
Graham. So, yeah. 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 Um, but yes, as I said, very good card. There's a lot of good talent on this. There'll be a full breakdown. Obviously, the lads will have the uh, the preview show this week, and they'll talk more about, say, the likes of Pantoja, Rival, and even Rachmanov and, and Thompson as well. Two very interesting fights. I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing it. Uh, but Leon Edwards, Colby Covington, Graham. We must uh, talk about that a little bit. Um, obviously, Leon has been on a great run, beating Usman twice. Colby, uh, like Colby, has been around. You know, he lost. Uh, he lost to Usman in 2021. Beat him as well. 2022. Three times since 20 since in 20 since 2020. Like yeah, this. he fought Tyron Woodley fucking three fights ago. Like bizarre to see him in this position. But look, he's an unbelievable wrestler. He can strike as well. Um, it's going to be very tough, I think, for him to have a game plan that Leon Edwards won't be prepared for, that will be effective, in my opinion. Like, Leon went in there with Usman. He was able to do a pretty good job of, like, stopping Usman, taking him down for, for the most part, anyway. Um, is Colby going to do anything different? I don't know. Like, Colby's takedowns, his, his wrestling game is brilliant, but, like, he's getting on a little bit now, hasn't fallen, you know, 35 it's, years of age. He, he needs fought. to be absolutely relentless with it, yeah. really, like, the way he kind of Usman wasn't. And, you know, I think... I think it's going to be very difficult. You know, he's kind of been inactive. He hasn't fought in a while. Leon's been very active. Leon's been improving. He's been going, you know, uh, going with the best. And I just think, yeah, this is this is Leon's fight to lose, really. But uh, Colby, he's just got to be absolutely, he's got to put the pressure on. He's got to be relentless and he's got to be able to keep it up. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I think I think Leon's going to win this. There's there's definitely a method of victory for Colby, and like maybe I was saying there wasn't a second ago in in uh, in a roundabout way, but like as you said, if if he can fight that relentless wrestling game, absolutely he can win. But he just hasn't been doing that recently, or hasn't been doing it effectively anyway. You know, Masvidal's a different kettle of fish, I suppose. But um, you know, I've said this many times recently, but sometimes you fight a guy and then you continue fighting him for the rest of his career and it feels there's a little bit of that with Colby with uh, Usman. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, a noted not massive believer of Leon Edwards, to be honest. I think, you know, Rachmanov or even Ian Gary uh, or maybe even Bilal will, will beat him uh, in the next year. Um, and I, I, But I do think he will win. I think he's a very well-rounded fighter, if he can stop that takedown, if he can stop the relentlessness, uh, I think he'll put the pressure on Colby. I do think it'll be a longer fight. You know, Colby's no easy out, and he's no more going to feed either. We must remember with Colby fighting that kind of lanky southpaw sort of style, and he's good enough jab, and he throws that left hand over the top. Um, it can be effective with it, but I think Leon, you know, with his elbows inside and stuff as well, he's good in the clinch. I think, yeah, I think more tactical, yeah. Yeah, I think he will win it. And just, just a quick word, I suppose, on the core main event then. Um, you know, Pantoja coming in here against uh, Rival after the great win last time out, like Rival on uh, on a pretty good run himself, having beaten Nicolau Schnell and, and Bontarin. Maybe not, you know, the the sexiest fight in the world, but I know a lot uh, of a people... A rematch of only yeah. a couple of years ago as well, where Pantoja got the, the rear naked choke and he looked phenomenal, really, in the Brandon Moreno fight. Uh, Pantoja did, uh, obviously winning a split decision. Um yeah, I see this as, yeah, I don't know why the odds are so close. I think Pantoja is going to win this. I, uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Maybe there's something I'm missing, but I, I think Pantoja is going to win this. Maybe it won't be a finish like it was before, but could be, or it could be, you know, close enough rounds. 
dominant enough decision. There's that thing as well about when you do win the title, you go on, you know, you can kick on and maybe that'll be the case here. But I think it'll be a fun fight. I think again, he really rose to the occasion last did, time. Yeah, right? he, he really did. And there's been enough time, you know, it's been five months since that to kind of, you know, come down from it and get back up to, to prepare for the next fight. So uh, I think that's a benefit of him as, for him as well to probably have, you know, maybe two months off and then get back into camp. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing that fight and a, a fantastic card uh, overall. Uh, and the last thing to do is just a quick recap of last night's UFC um, song. You know, I, I texted uh, the, the group today because uh, I didn't stop to watch it because I was traveling home from Dublin, absolutely wrecked. And uh, I was like, anything of note happened in this card? And then Ian's reply was, hold on, let me just, <laughs> let me just read it here again. Um, where's it gone? Uh, nope, horrible card. So that tells you all you need to do. But the results, Song Yidong, well, I saw, Yeah, I go on. Saw, yeah, uh, Khalil Rountree had a good, uh, had a good performance. Uh, Knocked him out on stages, didn't he? Smith kind of like fell and fell and then boom. Yeah, down. yeah. And uh, Hasparath obviously, you know, put a pretty bad beating on Malarkey. Tim Elliott had a great win coming in on yeah, short notice. Uh, he was, he was fighting. <laughs> he was hopping on one leg for no reason. He was, you know, being the mad bastard that he is and. I'm always entertained by when people are a bit crazy in there and do unorthodox things. And he he really went for it because he obviously took it on short notice. He he went for it hard and got the got the arm triangle choke after having him kind of cradled up on the ground and um, punched him in the face. And he got the arm triangle, got the finish. And you could see afterwards that that was about all the the energy he had. He was kind of sitting in the corner, being like, oh, "I'm glad I got the finish there because I probably couldn't have done that for much longer." So that that was pretty entertaining. Uh, yeah, so there was there wasn't there wasn't that much on it. But, yeah, Tattoo uh, Tiara yeah. got a win. He's a real top prospect at one twenty five, coming through at fifteen and all. Oh, um, Sung Park at one hundred twenty five is a pretty good prospect too. He got a win. Kevin Jusset, who obviously beat Kiefer Crosby, beat Kanan Song, who was in there with um, William Gary. That's a good win for him as well. And he looks a good prospect. Jusset coming through. Andre Munez uh, beat Zhang Young Park as well, coming back there with a win at one hundred eighty five yeah. pounds. You, you mentioned Kiefer there. He obviously came in on very short notice and had to go over to Australia, and all wasn't ideal. Didn't look in the shape that we, we'd usually see him in. But he's been rebooked for for February against uh, Garimbo. Yeah, he's the lad that The Rock gave the house to. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting story uh, for Kiefer to be involved in. And, you know, if he can come and kind of, you know, give a better, like, as we said at the time, he didn't give a good, uh, you know, account of himself uh, under the circumstances from what we've seen before. And this is a, just a big chance for him to kind of, you know, announce himself uh, against a, a guy who there's a lot of eyes on. Yeah, oh yeah, without a shadow of a hundred. And it's great, like, we've now you know Sean O'Bannon fight probably to be announced hopefully soon and shout out to Sean O'Bannon she won uh, Jiu Jitsu Worlds tournament there over in Vegas at the, the weekend so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all the Irish fighters rebooked and as I said earlier hopefully Paul Hughes back you know Connor coming up uh, in the when spring summertime hopefully so um, yeah Good time for Irish MMA we, we can't complain even though if the results weren't maybe amazing at the weekend still no, we can't complain and we will complain. We will complain. <laughs> do you know what we really need though? We really need the next PFL card maybe or whatever. We, re- we really need like seven Irish fighters on it and like five Irish wins or something. Like, do you know, we need one of those cards. We need James Gallagher in there with fucking, you know, Andrew McGann or something, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but that's what we need. We need a load of fucking dustbin in in there with the Irish lads and just we need a great night is what we need. You know, don't bother with this good matchmaking and these hard fights and stuff. <laughs> a, few, <laughs> a few easy ones. But uh, yeah. Um... I guess that's it, Graham. Cage Warriors have a good card as well next week. 
what a, what a fucking fight this is in cadres. Have you heard this? Wilson Hayes uh, against uh, Ricky Bandea, so we mentioned earlier. What a fucking great fight that is. And uh, the one of our top prospects as well, Roberto Hernandez taking on Trevin Jones, and then a lot of uh, younger up-and-coming fighters on, on that card as well, but uh, good stuff there from Cage Warriors as well. So, um, yeah, plenty of uh, MMA to whet the appetite next week. And uh, as always, keep on with SevieraMay.com. Patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA podcast. Calera Lab, use the promo code Severe MMA. Go over to our friends with the best MMA trivia game in the world, MMA Trivia Championship.com. It's a Christmas discount there. Order now will be there by Christmas. And uh, all that good stuff. Graham? We, we forgot to do the, the football pod you were calling for, so we'll have to get that done. We'll uh, do that. <laughs> do, you know, do, you know, do you know what I think we should do as well? Starting next year, we should. I think we should do like an ongoing main event pick challenge so like every say the biggest fight of the weekend let's say next week now it'll be Edwards versus Covington we both do our picks and then we keep a list at the end of the year we should put I don't know what we put on it so one, uh, no, this I was going to say one of us would have to sing a song and uh, the last podcast the next year. I don't even love that though that'd be just terrible for you but I don't know we put 50 quid on it or something whoever wins at the end of the year what do you think yeah, we could probably we could probably get the lads who've been doing the UC main events to go back and and check for the last the last year and, and yeah. see who, who has the most picks. Yeah, we, well, we, yeah we, we could do that. But um, yeah, I think we'll do that starting next year. Now. Yeah, a little bit. Quick, I, I don't know, bit, a bit of crack. Yeah, a bit of crack. A bit of crack. If I was fucking Niall McGrath, you'd never see the 50 quid anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 20 still haven't seen that 50 quid, but... Yeah. Sure, it's, it's, uh, with inflation it's probably probably a lot more now probably 500 quid yeah fucking Dublin prices Jesus I was glad to be out of it went into Sintra in Dublin and I bought about three quarters of a bag worth of stuff Do you know just a few snacks for the room and a few drinks and stuff 54 quid yeah, you're going into Sintra you should be going into like Aldi or Libra ah, I was sure I was the only I couldn't uh, it was right inside the, the tree arena there it was the only place I could go Do you know Jesus. anyway we leave it there Graham take us out with your quarter of the week Always seems to me you only see what people want you to see. How long is it going to be before we get on the bus and cause no fuss? Get a grip on yourself. It don't cost much. We'll see you next week. Good luck. He's got four minutes to try to rest away this title. But he's got to do something big. He's got to do something really big. He's got to open himself up. wasn't obvious enough, Leon is broken out. They're ashamed, and he's embarrassed right now of his own performance. This is how you know a fighter is broken, and Leon right now is broken. So Dean, you think making it to the final bell is going to be his win? That's going to be a victory for him. That's a moral victory for him. Not getting finished. I predict an earthquake up in here. You got to empty the gas tank here. I predict an earthquake. He may have resigned himself to losing a decision. But that is not the cloth from which he is cut. We can make an earthquake up in here. Yeah!